Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Today I'm going to talk about 11 ways to affair-proof your relationship. Do you have a plan on how to affair-proof your relationship? You probably don't. Most couples don't have any plan. They don't have any boundaries. They don't have any discussion on what are we going to do in our relationship to affair-proof it moving forward. And because couples don't have plans, because couples don't have these overt boundaries, they put themselves in very risky situations which inevitably leads to an affair. So maybe that's happened to you already. Maybe it hasn't happened to you, but you want to make sure there's no affairs moving forward. What should the guidelines be? What should the boundaries be? I'm going to go through 11 for you to consider. This is not an exhaustive list, but these 11 are things that I think are helpful and things that I encourage you to consider for your relationship. Number one, don't have contact with your exes. This is controversial, and a lot of people may disagree with me on this, and they may think, what, there's no reason I shouldn't be in contact with Sarah, or what, John and I are just friends. We dated five years ago. It's a risk. When you've had intimate experiences with someone, the chances of you or them developing feelings again is always there. It's a risk, and it's actually one of the most common forms of cheating is when someone gets back together with one of their exes. So if you want a fair proof, if you want to reduce your risk, cut out all contact with your exes. I had to go through this in my life. I dated a girl in high school that I was really close with and went to college, came home, dated her during the summer, and we got along really well, had a great relationship, but then we broke it off. A couple years later, I met my wife. And little did I know, this girl I dated, she moved out to where I live within only an hour and a half away from my house. And she contacted me a few times, like, hey, we should get together. Hey, we should hang out. And it was a crossroads for me because we got along really well. We were really good friends. But I knew in my heart of hearts it was a risk. I shouldn't spend time with her. I shouldn't rekindle that connection because it can create a doorway into feelings rekindling. And so I told her, I don't think we should have contact anymore. I want to make sure I'm doing all I can to protect my marriage. And so she honored that. And so I've had no contact with her in about 20 years. So that's the kind of boundary I would encourage you to establish. Number two, don't follow sexy accounts. Sexy accounts can be accounts of women. It can be accounts of men. But it's accounts that you encounter on social media where you think, whoa, that's sexy. Maybe it's the person, maybe it's their, the way they dress, maybe it's the things they say in their account. Don't follow any accounts on social media that you find sexy because that could lure you away from your partner and your partner won't like to find out that you're following those accounts. That will feel like a threat to them. So don't, find, don't follow any social media accounts that are sexy. Number three, don't meet alone with the opposite gender. This is a common one. And it starts off so innocently. Oh, Janet and I, we're just going to carpool to work because it's more convenient. Or, oh, yeah, you know, Bob and I, we're going to just get together and play golf because our kids play golf together. So we're going to play together also. There's so many scenarios where all of a sudden you find yourself with this other person of the opposite gender alone. And that is a risk 
because it can often just be a matter of time before you develop feelings for them or them toward you. So avoid it as much as possible. Number four, don't share your problems with the opposite gender and vice versa. This is an easy one to violate because it seems so innocent. Let's say you're at work and Barbara down the hall is going through a hard time and so she comes to you because you're a good listener and you're supportive but before long, Barbara's starting to have feelings for you. Or let's say you know, you're know you in the neighborhood and Jack next door sure is a good listener and you start unloading your problems to Jack and he's so empathetic, he's so sensitive and before long, you have feelings for Jack. This is how it starts. So have a boundary where you don't share any emotionally charged, any problems that you have with someone of the opposite gender and you don't become a sounding board for them. Number five, keep an open policy with your phones. So I encourage all couples, whether there's been infidelity or not, to have this open policy with your phones. And what I mean by that is at any given time, you should be able to pick up your partner's phone and search for something. They should be able to pick up your phone and look for something. There should be no resistance around your partner picking up your phone. Because if you're resistant with that and you claim it's privacy, What that does is it creates a shadow, a seed of doubt for your partner. It makes them wonder what you're hiding and you might be hiding something. So it's just good to keep things open and for for accountability to have this open door policy where you can pick up your partner's phone at any time, they can pick up your phone at any time because you have nothing to hide. So you should have no problem with that. Number six, don't linger on attractive people. When you're out in public, You can't help it if someone attractive walks by you and you're gonna find other people attractive, by the way. Just because you get married doesn't mean you're gonna stop finding other people attractive. You're human. You're wired to be drawn to someone so that you mate with them and become a couple. It's part of your DNA, it's part of your wiring. So just because you get married, it doesn't mean you're gonna stop finding other people attractive. So it's involuntary. However, what you do with it is voluntary. So let's say you're at the gym and someone walks by that you find really attractive. You have two choices. The one choice is you can linger and that's when you follow them, you watch them, you look them up and down a few times. That's what you don't wanna do because when you linger on someone attractive, you're imprinting their image into your mind and that's gonna compete with your fidelity toward your partner. So if you see someone attractive and you're out in public, just let them pass by, but do not linger on them. Do not follow them with your eyes. Do not look them up and down. You can't help them walking by you, but what you can control is how much you linger on them. Number seven, don't hide your ring or look extra good for certain people. Have you ever been in that situation? You're around someone and you notice you kind of hide your ring or you notice you, you, you kind of groom yourself a little extra, if you find yourself doing that, that is high risk. That means you find that person attractive. That means you don't want them to know you're married. That means boundaries are already being crossed within you. And what you need to do is get that person out of your life ASAP because that is high alert, high danger. Number eight, always imagine your partner present. Imagine how much your behavior would change if your partner was with you at all times. 
If they were looking over your shoulder on what you're looking at online, would your behavior change? If they were with you in the grocery store as you're interacting with the clerk, would your behavior change? A lot of times the answer is yes, it would. Because when our partner's not around, sometimes we're tempted to be flirtatious or to look at things we know we shouldn't be looking at. But try to remind yourself that's increasing your affair risk. And remember, how would I be behaving? How would I be talking? How would I be interacting if my partner was right here with me and let that be your guide? Number nine, don't join dating sites to see what's out there. This is a huge no-no and people do it all the time. They're going through a rough patch in their marriage. Maybe they're bored. Maybe they're discontent. Maybe they have some resentments. What do they do? They create a dating account and then they get on that dating site and they start looking around and seeing who's out there and seeing what the options are. That is the worst thing you can do. That is playing with fire. Inevitably, you're gonna find someone attractive on those dating sites, and then you're gonna be tempted to start messaging them. It's a high risk for an affair. If you are in a rough patch in your marriage, get help. See a counselor, see a coach, go to a a retreat. Get some help for your relationship, but do not join a dating site just to see what's out there. You are putting yourself in a high-risk situation to have an affair. Number 10, focus on your partner during self-pleasure. This is a touchy one, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but a lot of people masturbate. A lot of people self-pleasure. What do you think about when you're self-pleasuring? Where do you allow your thoughts to go? It's involuntary for certain people to come into your thoughts when you're self-pleasuring. So let's say you're self-pleasuring, and all of a sudden you're thinking about the yoga instructor. Or all of a sudden you're thinking about you know, the, the lady who works at Starbucks. Or all of a sudden you're thinking about your neighbor. When you have these all of a sudden moments when you're self-pleasuring, it's involuntary. But what you need to do when that happens is become aware of it and then redirect your thoughts to your partner. You can't help these involuntary images that come in of random people in your life, but what you can control is what you do with it. And so you want to redirect that image of that person, whoever it is, redirect it back to your partner. You want to be primarily thinking about your partner during self-pleasure so you're practicing mental fidelity. Number 11 is keep your love buckets full. I've talked a lot about love buckets. We all have a love bucket. And the way to stay satisfied and stay in love in your marriage is to keep your love bucket full and to keep your partner's love bucket full. And you accomplish that by maximizing the fillers your partner needs to feel loved and satisfied while you eliminate the drainers you do that they don't like. Common fillers can include sexual contact, emotional intimacy, quality time. Common drainers can include criticism, defensiveness, controlling behavior. Ask your partner today, what are the top three fillers you need to feel loved and satisfied? And what are the top three drainers I do that makes you feel negative toward me? Ask them that today. If you've never asked them that question, ask them that question today and take notes. And then hopefully they ask you the same questions and they take notes. This is how you transform your relationship. You become a master at filling up your partner's bucket. But it starts with asking them those questions. You have to become mindful. You have to become aware of your behavior in your relationship. How can you fill up your partner's bucket while simultaneously you stop reducing the drainers 
that drains their love bucket. You do that long enough and you become irresistible. Your partner becomes irresistible. But this is not an overnight achievement. This takes weeks, sometimes months, to learn how to fill up your partner's love bucket. Because even after you learn what they want, the fillers, and even after you learn what they don't want, the drainers, then you have to train yourself to do those things. And sometimes it's easy, but a lot of times it's not. So it's a learning curve. It's going to take time. And this is why I developed my app, Keep the Glow. I know a lot of you are using Keep the Glow. And if you're not using it, I highly encourage you to start using it. You can start with two weeks free. You can get it wherever you get your apps. Keep the Glow. Keep the Glow is going to open up your lines of communication so that you and your partner can start giving and receiving feedback on how well you're filling up each other's love buckets. It's going to help you identify your fillers. It's going to help you identify your drainers, and then it links your account with your partner so you can give and receive feedback on a regular basis on how well you're filling up those love buckets. You need the app to keep those love buckets full, and keeping the love buckets full, that's one of the best ways to affair-proof your relationship. When your love bucket is full, you don't desire anybody else. You're not tempted with anybody else because you're satisfied, but remember even if your love bucket is low, even if you're unhappy, it never justifies cheating. Cheating is always a choice, no matter how unhappy you are. Never blame your partner for you cheating. But if you want to naturally affair-proof your relationship, keeping the love buckets full is one of the best ways to do that. I've created a free PDF on these 11 points on how to affair-proof your relationship. If you want that free PDF, Go to my website, drwyattfisher.com slash pages slash freebies. So again, here's the 11 ways to affair-proof your relationship. Number one, don't have contact with your exes. Number two, don't follow sexual accounts. Number three, don't meet alone with the opposite gender. Number four, don't share your problems with the opposite gender and vice versa. Number five, keep an open door policy with your phones. Number six, don't linger on attractive people. Number seven, don't hide your ring or try to look extra good for certain people. Number eight, always imagine your partner being present. And number nine, don't join dating sites to see what's out there. Number 10, focus on your partner during self-pleasure. And number 11, keep your buckets full. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, click the five stars and leave a review. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.